has broken in Greece. How exciting! <laughs> and what a morning it is! Hello everybody, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? <laughs> are we going to be laughing the entire time? I think so. I have to tell I you, really I've already so. my scarf has already come off. I'm already warm, so... I wish I was warm. Of course, if I turn my heat up, that would help. <laughs> but I, well, I, I had a scarf on and a sweater, and I've been running around and uh, all in anticipation of today's podcast. <laughs> it's I don't even know. Uh, I didn't. I, I you know I remember thinking when we started the podcasts how much fun these chapters would be, especially, you know, the ones in Santorini, because I just am such a nut about Santorini anyway. And not just about the, the location, but what occurs in Santorini. And I'm just so excited and so thrilled that... I'm just glad I'm not driving at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're not driving either, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Tractor trailers and the New Jersey Turnpike and Sanary just don't seem to mix real well. Especially when you're driving into the back of them almost. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hope not. How is everybody today? It's good to see everyone. Yeah, and Lori says she's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Probably a safe place to be for this chapter, Lori. Yes. And I just want to make sure I'm being heard. Okay. I, I don't, I'm just, I can't find my uh, other uh, ear head, ear pieces, so. We're going with this. Well, I, Hopefully it'll I hear you just. I hear you just fine. How's everybody else? Um, am I showing that I'm still logged into Mixler by the by the way? Yes, you are. Oh well, that's amazing because I can't. 
So Kenzie, Kenzie's decided that this is the not safe for driving chapter. <laughs> I think that's a great. I think that's a great <laughs> moniker, Kenzie. Yes, I do too. <laughs> so, so before we get too hot and heavy with everything, it's, it is the morning after, after all. Yes. Um, just to keep you up to date, Gabriel's Inferno's fought pick. Keep a watch out. I know Proling's been having a lot of issues with internet connection as well as electrical connections uh, in Venezuela. They're having all kinds of issues. Um, so keep an eye out for them. Uh, Trilogia de Gabriel, keep a listen on Saturdays for them. Noites in Flamenco. Uh, How much wine have you had, Pam? I haven't had any. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> that is the problem. Um, keep a watch out for them. Uh, I know Noches in Florencia, they had a podcast last night. And they, I believe, are going to be off until after the holidays. So they are in the middle of the, of the, <clears throat> the prints. And then we'll start up with... Uh, the next chapter with the raven um uh the man in the black suit sr has announced has been translated into portuguese and to check uh and he's going to let us know when they're soon available he also has some good news coming you know okay Waiting for it anxiously. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. To see what that's about. Um, the Gabriel's. Uh, well, it could be so many things, right? I mean, it could be, it could be the, the date for the book. It could be casting for the movie. It could be more translations. I don't think it's casting yet. Only because the screenplay has to be written. And one of the purposes of the read-along for the Gabriel's Inferno was to make sure that they had the consensus of what they want to see in the screenplay. And until mm -hmm. that's written, they're not going to really do any casting. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear about casting until maybe early spring. Just Something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And oh, let's see what else. Um, after the holidays, uh, they'll be starting a read along with Gabriel's Rapture and we'll see where that goes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that book. Mm -hmm. I just hearted that mm -hmm. Gabriel's Rapture. Uh, what's your name? Always breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. really does. <laughs> you know, when, when she and Gabriel are in the, in the, being in the court, quote unquote, and, oh my gosh. Yeah, that always breaks my heart. Seeing that on the screen is going to just be brutal. Brutal. It's almost, it's almost as brutal as the final scene of Fifty Shades of Grey. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, so I won't go there. Um, let's see. Make sure you're signed up on SR's Fox Dan on Facebook and to offer his newsletter on the website. Um, SR is also this week 
on Goodreads under the new adult book club. SR is taking questions and uh, he's going in and answering them. And when you answer, when you go in there, you can also uh, get a, be giving away a signed paperback. So that's fun. Which is so exciting. Yes. I mean, just yes. the prospect and of getting a signed SR book. book. Because that way you know he actually was touching that page. Yes. Very Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, uh, I know that I've gotten a few of them for through, uh, whatchamacallit, um, pages out in California. But he hasn't yes. announced anything with them lately, so I don't know what's going on there. Well, yeah. I think he's just too busy. That could very well be. I, I can imagine he's really busy, especially if he's got books that are being translated. I'm sure there's contracts to review and whatever for the rights on with his literary <laughs> agent. This is true. And Kenzie said, touching it with gloves on, though. <laughs> Not really his hands. Well, you know, we must, <laughs> we must keep... Uh, you know what I think you should do? And I, I to, maybe we should suggest this to Nina. We should get, he should get a, um, a fox's footprint. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's so funny. I just thought, I love it. What can I tell you? I love it. So, oh my gosh. And so. our family Christmas cards are coming along. I know I have a bunch to send out today. My son was going to drop them in the post office for me tonight. And I ran out of cards, so I still have lots more to go. And me too. I haven't I've even got, started. I've got... <laughs> haven't um, even started, folks. Just letting you know. And I have a whole much bunch of international ones that I have to get out. So hopefully yes. by the weekend I'll have them going. So... Um, it's very exciting. Yes, I'm enjoying it. I am enjoying it. I, I have fun writing them, and especially with with the the women, women that are in either Mexico or Honduras, Ecuador, Slovenia, uh, or is that Slovakia? I think it's Village, Slovenia, if I recall. Poland, uh, and Swedish, Sweden. Looking up the term Merry Christmas for each one. I'm, I'm you know, in the Spanish is easy. Right. You know, that's Feliz Navidad. But the others are, are different. So it was fun looking them up. One of them <laughs> doesn't even look anything like Christmas. Uh, no, first Noel, nothing. So it was fun. I love it. I yes. love it. Always. It's just always fun um, if you choose to participate to do something like that. It, it kind of, uh, it's just a nice way to establish a different connection with uh, people that you get to meet along the way. It's really lovely. It is. It's true. And it, it makes us closer together, mm -hmm. which is really nice as well. So, shall we get into it? 
Let's do it. <laughs> do you have your fans ready? I do indeed. I am drinking uh, actually a very light, refreshing Arnold Palmer. Uh, my version is uh, Turkey Hill green tea with uh, Bacardi Limon. <laughs> so... No, that's a, that's a John Daly. <laughs> that is a John Daly, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Arnold Palmer's are just iced tea and lemonade. Iced tea and, yes. But... Like I said, it's my own version because I don't truly have lemonade. I just have the limon and the Bacardi. <laughs> so, um, but I you thought know. I'd pick a little, a little celebratory, refreshing drink to uh, uh, enjoy our podcast with. Um, I'm going to put you on mute a minute. Excuse me. Sure. And I'm hoping that everybody out there, I see Karen's joined us. Hello, KK. Happy you I'm could come. Back. Hi, KK. You're back. It's so good to see you. So glad you could join us. We're just about to begin the chapter. And as, as we begin, uh, what we've so uh, delicately dubbed the morning after, um, Acacia was the first to awake at sunrise. Nicholas was still asleep, a trace of stubble on his face. The sheets had fallen down to his waist with one arm under the pillow. His bicep and forearm were in perfect view. He was a generous lover, but it wasn't fair to compare him to Luke. Both men were very generous and treated her well, and she felt very fortunate. <laughs> um, again, I love right off the bat, SR paints the picture, right? It was just... You know, and you can imagine her after, you know, quite a earth-shattering night, really, um, for many reasons. Moved. <laughs> Under her feet, <laughs> among other parts of her body. Um, so, you know, as she was contemplating this, um, she said, you know, she was thinking about it, and she just felt like Nicholas looked even more handsome. And she felt a very specific tenderness toward him. She reached over to touch his face and kissed his pouting lower lip. Last night had been incredible, but it was over. She had never had a one-night stand before, but had discussed them before with friends. And she was a little She's confused because... Nick <laughs> <laughs> More chapters for your book, Pam. <laughs> a few. <laughs> Well, you know, for her, this was not uh, not something she had done before. So she, I think, was a little confused off the bat because Nicholas actually stayed and had fallen asleep with his arm around her. Um, he didn't leave while she was sleeping, and she kind of expected him to do that. Uh, she never would think of anything uh, between the two of them as anything else but having a really lovely night. Um she knew that he was the type of man that never was without female companionship. And so I think she really expected him not to be there when she awoke. Um, but she really considered him quite a good lover. And she knew that he was rare. Um, <laughs> which, yes, 
and I think as we go into this chapter, she probably didn't even realize quite how rare he was um, <laughs> until uh, their, their morning together. Betty, you're coming in right at the right time, my you friend. Hi, Betty. So happy to see you um, here with us. So she had a tightness in her chest that she couldn't understand. And I feel like, you know, this is her again realizing and, and having this reckoning with her feelings for him. And, you know, it, it's just kind of one of those things that she realized this is a very precious time. But when they would say her, you know, when they'd say goodbye, she would hug him and just smile. She lightly kissed him again and traced his eyebrow as she slipped out of bed and she went to take a shower. And she showered longer than usual to allow Nicholas time to dress and leave without discomfort, again, because she was pretty sure that he was going to kind of sneak out on his own. Um, she was only hoping that nobody else on the staff would be awake and that he was not doing the walk of shame. <laughs> so, you know, she finished her shower. She took extra long time. She got dressed and came out to the room and she was surprised that Nicholas was still sleeping. And, you know, she was thinking this is really unusual because he had told her in Geneva that he barely sleeps. And I actually asked SR about that, um, saying I was wondering, SR, why did Nicholas sleep so well? And he said, I will let you draw your own conclusions. <laughs> so what is your conclusion? So my conclusion is twofold. First, he was physically exhausted because of their uh, quite arduous and adventurous evening of lovemaking. Mm -hmm. And second, I think he had that contentment and he felt some type of safety and security with Acacia in terms of his his emotional state. Yeah, I think what do you think, what Pam? I, that's what I came down to. I think mm -hmm. his life has been in such turmoil that even with Silka, he probably didn't sleep well, and, for, and their connection is so deep that he just right. felt completely, totally relaxed and comfortable with her. Yes. Yes, I, I think so, too. I mean, I, I think there was an emotional and he, you know, he is very attracted to her. So I think there's some kind of connection on many levels that just made him be able to relax mm -hmm. and to be able to be with her. Um, so Acacia then thought about going to the kitchen and making breakfast, but she decided to check her email first. She sent a message to her mother, received emails from her former co-workers about Marcel's death and the funeral arrangements. And then she said she, you know, she decided she better text her friends. So she texted Luke saying she'd be home in a few days and read the most recent text from Kate, which I always love. Oh, yeah. Kate, <laughs> Kate's messages. Like she's so hot for, um, what's it for Luke? And, uh, to the point where she's uh, saying, let me just, uh, Luke came by again. I need to wear sunglasses not to melt <laughs> under his heat. 
There's a lot of heat around there. There's a, there seems to be. Mm-hmm. And, and, and <laughs> you know, as I said, that a lot of people are really interested in Kate. So that he's toying with the idea after the Gabriel Four of either writing um, an, a, a sequel to the Man in the Black Suit, or again, people really want to hear about Kate. So I think that would be fun. I'd read that book. I would too, and I think it would be fun if Luke would be in it as well with her. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. So <laughs> after, so after. We're putting on her sunglasses. Uh, Kate also said she's she had been checking your mail. That a few bills arrived. The decorator came by yesterday to work on your apartment. Uh, she let me take a look. You'll love it. Come home. So they are Kate's messages to her. Mm-hmm. Um, she then opened up the draft of the resignation letter because uh, she had remembered she hadn't said it. Sent it. Um, and made sure that the resignation date was the day before and hit send. Off it goes. And a cell phone chart. <laughs> Message hers. received. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nicholas rolled over and he yawned, asking why she was so far away over there. Uh, she told him that she had been catching up on email. How unromantic. And when he patted the bed, she told him she didn't think it would be a good idea. <laughs> and he rubbed his face and looked at her freshly cleaned hair and her floral dress and said, Beautiful Acacia, please come here. Oh, I love this part. I just love this part. I can you just see this? I'm already I'm already I'm already pining for a movie. I I really am, you guys. I just think this scene would be so beautiful. Um with the morning and the waking up and beautiful Acacia. Come on, can you imagine that? Oh. Yes, yes. And she sort of saunters her way over. And because she found all of this his vulnerability very irresistible and uh, so she went over to him she sat on the bed but as she's going to sit beside him he grabs her so that she's straddling him and she told him that she did not want what you know what she thought might happen and he asked what as she was holding his hips and she held her hands on his chest, playing a little bit with his chest hair. And she's looking into her eyes <laughs> that were suddenly alert. And here we go, round two. That's right, Betty. <laughs> I know. I was starting to laugh. You know, I, I'm reading some of the comments and everybody felt that, you know, he felt like he was at peace with Acacia. And that's why he was relaxed and sleeping well. Uh, Betty said we need a fan fiction of Kate. I think so too. Um, and this morning sweet the morning scene of the waking up and beautiful Cassie was so sweet. But yes, Betty, I would run to the bed too. Round two, let's go. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have gotten in the shower. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. I think she was trying to be careful though, right? I mean, she was thinking, yeah. oh, this is gonna end and it'll be awkward, so I'll 
kind of uh, I'll I'll go hide so I can escape the awkwardness and Nicholas didn't have uh, awkwardness and on his mind at all. No, I don't think uh, he did. Most men don't. <laughs> I have felt in my yes aged experiences. <laughs> uh, where was? <laughs> Get that fan out, Pam. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so, so she's playing with his chest hair, and uh, she didn't answer because he was getting a little worried, I think. And his hands were resting on her thighs. And he asked her if she was sore. Cheeky. He got <laughs> an eyebrow to her. And she's yeah, a little tender. And then he had the big triumphant look as figures a man. Well, I think most guys want to make sure that they uh, satisfy their partners, don't you? Well, that's part of it. It's also mm -hmm. the male pride pounding the chest. Hey, I did it. Hey. Mm -hmm. So. Kenzie loves the chest hair. <laughs> <laughs> I like I know, a light Kenzie, dusting. Right? I don't like a heavy chest hair. Mm -hmm. So now he's asked a very impertinent question. Saying <laughs> he would sound like a bastard. And uh, she told him how, lo how long it, that it had been a while. He says, so how long? Gotta kill him. <laughs> um, his inner Neanderthal <clears throat> wanted to know. Definitely, definitely Neanderthal moment. Yes. You can tell a man wrote this scene. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> but true. So she told him that it was really none of his business, but that she had gone on dates and she worked a lot. And... <laughs> um, took language classes and took hospitality management classes. So that didn't leave a lot of time for fun and hanky panky. For other uh, extracurricular other, activities? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And um, he, he was glad that she wasn't pining for anybody, but Folks usually do find time to have sex every now and then, even if it's by themselves. And he had recently found out that Brazilians were very passionate. And Which is a nice shout out to the Brazilians. Yes. Uh, yes. And that was, I think, Nicholas's way of trying to endear himself to her even more. Absolutely. After saying the Neanderthal, Neanderthal question. <laughs> but, you know, he was an inquiring said, mind and he wanted to know. I, I would have said back to him, how many Brazilians do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but then again, what can I tell you? So she's, again, so she's playing with the chest hair. And she tells him that if she is particular who she shares herself with. And he looks as if he wants to say more. But at that point, he was holding back. And actually, at that point, too, I really thought, 
I think he was so overcome with emotion. I mean, when I was reading it, that's kind of how I felt. Like he was so overwhelmed really with how he was feeling that he didn't want to scare her away because I feel like his, his feelings were so dominant in his mind among other things. But I mean, his emotion um, and his, his passion for her, I think was probably a little bit, um, I guess, uh, overwhelming, as I mentioned. And, you know, I think he really was concerned that he was going to overwhelm her and scare her away. I don't know. That's how I read. Yeah, I, he, I, that's how I read he, that scene. He he had both brains going. I think. Yes. Um, yes. And rightly so. His, he had his normally normal brain, the one between his legs now going. Yeah. But he also had his real brain going and, and trying to be cautious and and enjoy what was going on. Yeah. As, as Betty says, Nicholas was on cloud nine. Yes. Yes. Or 69 or 79. Not quite there yet, but almost. (laughs) (laughs) So, Acacia, I think, kind of felt there was kind of this lull, and she simply asks him, so when are we leaving? And Nicholas's reply was, well, that depends. And he mentioned that he slept very well last night for a change. And he asked for the time, and she was trying to move off of him, and he held her hips. And he mentioned that he could still taste her. So I'm sure Akasi at this point is like, hmm, we may not be leaving for a while. I'll tell you what. My (laughs) face, neck, and probably a good part of my chest would be bright red at that point. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm bright red at this point. Um, yes. Just talking about it. I got um, the fan going. <laughs> and he, you know, but, but he's putting it out there. I mean, he's obviously saying how he's feeling and he's being very communicative, which mm-hmm. is really important in any kind yes. of a relationship. Yes, that's true. And he's, follows up and says he wants her to take her underwear off. And so she's looking at him asking if he's sure, you know, are you certain about this? Because, you know, from the beginning, she's thinking last night was a one and done deal. We kind of explored each other. We had that beautiful night. We're going to leave it at that. You know, so I I think at this point, Acacia is really, really questioning Mm -hmm. everything because she, she's so thrown off. But I think she's also secretly very, very she's thrilled and very, very wanting to be with him. Yeah. And as Betty says, I was fanning myself. Nick once more, thank God. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, in Acacia's position, I would have just been, as Betty said, running back to the bed. Um, <laughs> She's asking again, you know, is she sure? And he repositions himself. So I think he's pretty sure. Um, And he said, look, I would not have invited you if I wasn't sure. So she takes off her underwear, slides them off. And Nicholas removes her dress and bra because, as you recall, she was fully dressed. And Nicholas is thinking, not so fast. Mm -hmm. Um, There's nowhere else to go. Nowhere else he wanted to go. He wanted to be with her. 
and they just continue. And at this point, there are no words. They're just, they're absorbed into each other. There's just anticipation. Yes. And of what's about to happen. Yes. And so she's holding on to the wall just to keep her steady. And of course you can imagine this too, right? SR painting that picture again and good Lord, this picture is very, very erotic. Yes. Did you ever see the movie, The Cooler? No. With Maria Tell me Bello. About okay. And, um, oh, who's that guy? He was in, I'm trying to remember, he, he, I, he was married to the, one of the ho desperate housewives. And I think his first name is Bill, but anyway. Okay. She's naked in this hotel room and pretending to be doing things with with the guy. Uh -huh. so that they're pounding on the wall. So that's what I finished. <laughs> because there's somebody in the next room. Oh, that's so, so funny. They wanted to put on a good show. Yeah. <laughs> and as Betty says, rock the boat, Nicholas. Yes, he is yeah. rocking that boat. <clears throat> I'm telling you what, yeah, Cassie's uh, Cassie ready to uh, ready to get rocked at this uh -huh. point. So she's holding on because that boat is about ready to really it, toss and turn. It, it, yes, it choppy water. <laughs> so he helps move her over, and he looks at her. And she's so spent that she can barely move. She reaches for his hand and he kisses her and tells her he likes his hand exactly where he is. And when she, she <laughs> Kenzie goes, geez, boat, more like a canoe. <laughs> Canadian canoe. <laughs> oh my gosh, Kenzie, you are, you are on point. Canadian so canoe. when she recovers from the intense rollicking emotions that are rolling through her and sensations that are rolling through her, ah, I need to I need to just catch my breath after that. <laughs> yeah, well, just thinking about that. Good orgasms um, will do that. Yes, yeah, so, uh, nothing like a a Nicholas induced orgasm to make you. Uh, have to uh, catch your breath. Um, you know, she then, which I love, pushes Nicholas on his back and asks for a condom. So she's going to give as good as she gets. She tears the packet and puts it on him. And then again, I love this banter between them. You know, he teases her asking if she's sure because she seems fatigued. <laughs> There's a little Neanderthal coming out there. Yes. A little snarky, you know, a little snarky. A little, snarky. Uh, mm -hmm. little snarky emerging there. So she turns it around on him as he groans and he, he uh, uh, you know, as she's sinking onto him. And she goes, well, Nicholas, are you all right? Because you seem fatigued. <laughs> he calls her a minx, <laughs> which I loved. So 
they are now intensely connected. They're moving, changing angles, and then they tense and find their joy. And Cassia hugs him and tenderly kisses his scar. <laughs> yeah, Betty's like, ha, take that, Nicholas. <laughs> That's exactly. right. But I love that. I love, I love, again, we talked about the strong women characters, um, and she really is a good partner and a good um you know, a real good balance for for Nicholas. True, and she's also very good at communication and to what, yes. to what she wants, which in any relationship in, is always important. And I think that also demonstrates her age, her experience mm -hmm. um, in, in a positive way, right? I mean, you learn and you grow and you become more confident in yourself as you get older, mm -hmm. typically. Um, and I think, you know, if, you know, she may not have had that wherewithal and that confidence 10 years earlier, True. but now since, since they are in their thirties, she has more of that confidence. And I think that's another beautiful part of this character. Um, you know, it's, it's showing their, their maturity together. Yeah. It's their maturity and it's also the confidence you have in yourself. And, mm -hmm. that, and that's important too, um, you know, caring for yourself and, and being able to, to speak openly about sex positions, what makes you happy, um, and non-sexual com communication as well. Absolutely. Uh, it, 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 it's an important part of growing up and, and knowing who you are. I know. It, it's, it, it's, it's. It's really exciting to think back and that you can see how you have that personal growth of you know, gaining that confidence. It's funny because I can remember, I mean, when I was reading this, that part of the book, mm -hmm. I was remembering a relationship I had, oh God, 30 years ago, 35 years ago, whatever. And mm -hmm. it was a Greek guy. <laughs> Hercules. And that, was act, that was his real name. And that does not surprise me. <laughs> but uh, no, I can I can remember. Did he live up to the name Pam? Um. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, in, in seriousness, I can remember mm -hmm. that relationship, and then looking later on after I got married and a relationship I, after my husband passed away mm -hmm. and it was like so different if I had known then what I knew now yeah. maybe the relationship might have been a little bit lasted a little bit longer mm -hmm. you know? so. I get that I get that and see Kenzie you're learning all these things at the, your ripe young age mm -hmm. um, <laughs> because as Betty wrote on, in the chat room, she said, this really was a good example of how aging can be good. And I, I full, fully agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> and Karen says, I have no experience, LOL. Oh, my gosh. And Kenzie says, relatable, Karen. Pam has so many good stories. This is why I always say, this is another chapter for Pam's book. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. If I, have, I if I have the muse speaks to me. 
Yes. I don't have a muse. I need a muse. I need voices in my head. And if the voices are in my head, my son's going to have me in the, uh, with the psych ward. Anyhow, <laughs> Kenzie says Pam's going to have a long novel. <laughs> That's for sure. She has some great stories. Um, so, you know, they have this beautiful moment of ecstasy. They find their joy, as SR writes. And Acacia hugs him and kisses his scar very tenderly. As he rests against her, his hands hold her by moving up to her shoulder and easing her onto her back. And Acacia asks him if he's okay, and his eyes are gazing widely, fixed on her. And he tells her that the fates have smiled on him, which I just think that's lovely. And Acacia says, the Greek islands will do that to you, which I have to say, that is incredibly true, 100% true. Um, there's something about that part of the world that's just very magical. Um, and he says, no, Acacia, as he pulls her into his arm. It's you. And the hug was not. I, I love that. I love that because I think it just reinforces that he is overwhelmed with emotion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really is. He really is. It's beyond smitten. He's captivated by Acacia and he is drawn to her and he hugs her. And the hug was not that of a lover. It was something more, you know, this was not a one night stand. There is a lot more to this. This is a lot deeper than a physical attraction that was sated over a few hours. This is something much, much more. Yes, Betty, he's in love. He is in love, and I love that he's in love. And she is, but I don't know if she fully. I don't think is letting herself feel. I don't think. Right, I I almost think they're afraid to realize it. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that Kenzie thinks SR could be your muse, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) He could be. He had his chance at Penelope's (laughs) in Toronto. <laughs> where I was. But he, you know, you're going back to Toronto, so <laughs> we already are planning that trip. <laughs> <laughs> so look at. Um, so Nicholas, you know, at this point, just hid his face in her neck, and Acacia realized that this is something that Luke had never done. There, this type of connection had not happened. So her feelings for him had blossomed as well, and she was relaxed in his arms. His tenderness and affection awoke something within her. It rose above her fear and caution, and his touch was true. I just, I, oh my gosh, I, I know I sound like a broken record, but he, SR just writes this so beautifully, mm-hmm. um, and, and just so, with, with such delicate attention to detail, I think, um, to this, to set, not to just the sensuality, but the sentimentality of this. Um, Nicholas whispered that she has a beautiful heart. And at this point she just said, Oh, Nicholas, what happened to you? 
doesn't that just tug at your heartstrings? Uh, yes. I mean, I just that that just was that just was um, just very emotional. That was just a very emotional section of this story for me, mm-hmm. um, because she knows that there has been a lot of deep, deep sadness in his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was about to answer her, but instead he kissed her and then said he'll be back. And, you know, this is definitely, they're doing that dance, right? They're, they're trying not to scare each other off. They are attracted. They've spent some very intensely physical time Quality together. Time. Right. So as she saw him leave after he kissed her, you know, she's wondering if she had said too much. And she's even after being concerned about that, she was confident that she wasn't going to hide the change that she felt, her change of heart. So when I actually, I think this is a good place. I was going to share this question that we asked SR. And, you know, I asked him a couple questions, but he answered some of these things together and I thought that was good. I mean, Acacia had wondered why Nicholas had stayed. And I was wondering why Acacia wondered that. Why did she think Nicholas would leave after their night together? And why did she think Nicholas was only interested in a one night stand? And then I also asked SR, why did you select to reveal Acacia's awakening of her deeper feelings in this chapter? So SR said, about the characters because I also was trying to dive into what each character felt and thought and how they approached sex and how that was part of their lives what they you know what they attribute what they value they put to sex and SR said I think Nicholas and Acacia are hesitant about what's happening because they aren't being entirely honest with each other or with themselves which I think a lot of you know, our chat, our chat had focused on that. And he said, they each have secrets and those secrets affect their judgment. We shouldn't underestimate their loneliness and isolation as well, which is also very, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is why they both are so drawn to each uh, other. Right, right. And he also said, and each is a different kind of partner than they've had before. So there's a healthy skepticism with each. Mm-hmm. Right, because Silka is definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Acacia. And, and Luke is definitely not anything like Nicholas. And, and they haven't you, had others. You, and you can see that, you know, mm-hmm. in, in envisioning um, Nicholas's past... Uh, romances or partners I mean it was convenient it was sex and right. that's all it was and right well, that was just that physical that was that physical release that yeah, exactly. that energy that attraction um just sating that that aspect only and that's where I feel like you know Nicholas was much more of a you know a compartmentalizing type of person who mm-hmm 
sex was an important part of his life in terms of that physical connection, and that's where he went for it. There, He did not have that deep connection between sex and love, um, whereas it sa- seems to me Akasi had a little bit more of that because she was very, very selective with her partners and didn't have a one-night stand. And you you can also see in Nicholas's um, being that's a very male thing. And I don't mean this in a derogatory or even in a funny way. But men will have sex with anybody if, if they feel up to it and if mm-hmm. their partner feels up to it. Where women it's- need more of a emotional connection in order to really open themselves up to another person sexually. And, you know, so... You know, the, the, this I can see where SR is saying they're coming from different areas. You know, right. he's coming from also from a great loss, emotional loss with his with sister, and the life he's been leaving since she died, and she's coming into well, it. and yeah, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, his life that he's been leading is one of walls and barriers and yeah. protection and isolation, as SR noted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how can you have any kind of a, an emotional connection when you've cut yourself off? Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know, I, I just, my, my experience with, with male friends <laughs> and I, and I don't, I don't mean that, you know, you're, you're a buddy for them. I just, you know, just right. hearing males talk male friends talk and having the conversation with them about uh, sex and partners and what have you. And that, you know, just, I don't know. And he, he's sort of typical in that end to a bit and none of it's not a bad way. It's not a bad way. Right. Well, because I think in that instance, right, it's all about the respect and the mutual agreement between the partners. True. You know, I, I know many women that also are very confident and are only looking for that kind of a physical right. relationship. And hey, if you're if you're both satisfying. it can be if you're both mutually agreeing to that objective, mm-hmm. that's wonderful because you're going to both be able to please each other. Exactly. You have that imbalance, though, when the the guy is only looking for the physical and the woman is wanting physical and the emotional. Right. So, wow, Pam, we're getting deep. I know. There's a Christine, I think, or Northrop. She's, I believe, a gynecologist um, or some sort of doctor Mm -hmm. um, who has been on uh, public television a few times. She discusses a lot of things. And she says as women get, as she got older, and a lot of women this happens to, they don't, not worried about being married or anything like that. They want to have a sexual relationship with a man, they go ahead and have it. Nothing wrong with it. Right. Right. I mean, that's, again, it's, it's, it's depending on the person, depending on the uh, their approach, their mm-hmm. their values, their their way that they approach life. Exactly. You know, and um, I think 
you know, I, I think at this point, the having the different partners that Nicholas and Akasi had in the past, you know, they're they're just learning about each other and they're curious about each other and they're attracted to each other because this is something new for them. And neither one of them have ever felt this way before. No, and that's what makes this exciting for them. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. And looking at the chat room, um, Betty had said yes uh, when we were referring to your story. She said, a fan fiction, Richard's One Night with Pam and a Thousand Stories. (laughs) And that Nicholas said he doesn't have the words, but his action speaks volumes. Pam, that would be a fun story to write. <laughs> I, I, I think I don't think Rich, Richard's uh, quite up to that yet in his <laughs> grieving process. I, I, well, maybe we'll have to see what happens in Gabriel Four. Just True. saying, True. you never know. But I, you do evolve. You do evolve, but there are time frames to um, of when you can really can start thinking about any kind of a relationship because of the grief process yeah you know and I just don't think he's there yet Um, Mm -hmm. the last because last time I asked SR how he was doing he said you know it is a very tough time of year for him well yes Yes, so I don't think he's uh, quite there yet. Right. Uh, Kenzie loved that because she loves Richard. Mm-hmm. And Kenzie also thought she'd share that ask that she had asked SR if Gabriel's Inferno 4 takes place right after Gabriel's rapture or years later. Mm-hmm. And he told her it takes place right after. She wasn't sure if that was already known, but she thought she'd share. Thank you for sharing that because I don't think I knew that. Pam, you might have known that. Well, Did you know I that? Stalk it was... him. <laughs> <laughs> since you stalk him. In chat rooms. I was going to say, I'm sure that was discussed in chat. Um, I'm very excited about that because I just love, 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 love that story. So, um, and I was laughing too at Betty's comment about Nicholas was used to a drive by Happy Meal. He wasn't used to the full meal. <laughs> yes, yes, just just the uh, wham bam. Yes. Thank you, ma'am. Yes. Uh, David Bowie said it well. <laughs> so, and and Kenzie had said that she doesn't think Richard will be with another. And Kenzie meant redemption. I, that's right. I thought I, we all knew we, what you meant, knew Kenzie. I, I should have uh, corrected that. And she's not sure if Paul will ever let go of Julia or Allison. I don't know, Betty. We'll have to you see. Never know. Some sassy, captivating woman from New York City may catch his eye. That's right. That's right. <laughs> With a heart of gold, from the that Bronx. might be in part of the story. And I love the idea of a drinking game between Richard and Pam. Just saying, another <laughs> that, might, that might have to be written. That might be fun. That would be yeah, fun. yeah. So as we go back to the book, as the chapter is wrapping up, Nicholas comes back, 
and he stood next to her naked and says, sleep with me. Now, she asked. Yes, he said. He reached, I love that too, because he reached into his pocket, pulled out his phone and switched it off. And let me tell you, as someone who is married to someone who has a lot of business and a lot of work on his cell phone, it is happy time when the cell phone just goes off and is put away because you have the undivided attention. Um, I just love that. And he told her that last night was the first good night's sleep he's had in a very long time. And he said he could use a few more hours. And he said, please. I love that he asks. Mm -hmm. And knowing that the others would be up soon, he opened his arms and she scooted over to him, covering them with the sheet. His arm curled around her and his gentle rhythmic breathing lulled her back to sleep. Ah. Uh, oh, so special. Such a beautiful chapter. Yes. Yes, I it love it. I love it. I love it. I have to say, and I may have mentioned this last week, or maybe this is when Pam and I were preparing for the podcast. But I just remember how when we were talking about the chapter last week, I was like, oh my gosh, I just cannot believe this chapter and SR's writing. And oh my gosh, this scene was just like mind-blowingly hot. And I just couldn't believe it. And then, and then we're preparing chapter 32. And I was like, oh my gosh, the hankies are flying. We flying need, all over the place. This is a five hanky chapter, not just four hankies, five. You better hope Not Snarky that. has collected them from William. I, <laughs> and I need, and Snarky needed to make a special delivery this week because that chapter just <laughs> bowled me over. Um, you know what I mean, Pam? Yes, I do. <laughs> I do. So just, just a great chapter. And it's exciting because it sets the stage because now you wonder what next. You know, they've kind yeah. of... This there was already this un, unspoken discussion, not discussion, but an unspoken agreement that this was wasn't a one night stand between them. Right, right. You know, and you know it wasn't so pronounced. <laughs> and, and one of the things, like last week, I said, you know, finally at last. I mean, I know together. I love it. Come on, be I real here. It. Get, it, get it together. <laughs> yes. And Nicholas won Betty with this chapter. <laughs> she said, we need Nicholas hankies. You got that right, sister. Kenzie says, yes. Nicholas is especially precious in this chapter. You just want to hold him and tell him everything will be okay. And cry, yes. Cry. <laughs> or hold him and him. say more, please. And Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> You'll get yours, don't worry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thoughts going through my head. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was saying there's so many questions you could be asking SR, but they would be so horribly inappropriate. But I would never do that. Um, but the man knows how to write a scene. That's yes. all I have to say. Kenzie's saying that Nicholas, 
is especially precious in this chapter. Mm -hmm. And you just want to hold him and tell him oh, everything's okay. And then SR loves killing us with suspension. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, and, and then when you ask him a question about it, you get a winky <laughs> smile or mm -hmm. a non-answer. Or, or, yes. I'll leave it you to, draw, to you. You can draw your own conclusions, ladies. Yes. <laughs> um, so. And then Betty says, and then they can go for round three. And and I did I did uh, I do realize um, Kenzie and Betty did have a few more comments about Gabriel's series. She said she hopes that Paul and Kenzie said she hopes Paul and Julia will become friends again because that hurt, shit hurted when he left her. And Betty says she hopes so, and she agrees with Kenzie. And he, she, of course, she refers to SR as the god of writing, which well, is you know, true. He, he said he had good news coming. So I'm like, oh, good. The gospel according to SR. Because mm -hmm. gospel means good news. Yes. And he says, I'm not that far elevated. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And yes, um, Betty says, it seems the more books the boss writes, the more he dares to experiment with the love scenes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I also think, obviously, the characters are different. And this is a more action-oriented. It's just, they're different. It's a different scenario. Yeah, it's, a different it's a different story. Um, different characters who are a little more mature and... Uh, evenly matched i think in some ways in a lot of respects yeah mm -hmm. i mean different obviously gabriel and julia have have a, a little bit of a power differential when they first meet right yeah, uh, william and raven definite power differential mm -hmm. um to the nth degree um so i just think yeah and and you do grow as a writer and mm -hmm. You know, the more you work on your craft, I I, I totally get that, mm -hmm. um, and I think we're the beneficiaries of that. <laughs> <laughs> Kenzie says I read a couple of readers commenting about SR's lovemaking scenes and what's missing from them, and the ideas that go through their minds are quite daring. <laughs> well, I'm sure, they I are. Kenzie, I have no doubt <laughs> because there is a lot of a lot of amazing writers who write um, very scintillating tales. Well, that's, you There's know, that's a true. lot of creativity in the community and a lot of more openness after Fifty Shades. And I, and I think one of the things, though, I think that when a woman writes a sex scene for a woman's romance book, mm -hmm. there is more... I think it would be a little bit more graphic as opposed to SR being a male, he comes mm -hmm. into it in a different angle. He could be writing more from the male perspective mm -hmm. and it, yeah, it could be graphic, but it would be a lot different than the way he's writing it. He's, he's, he's taking, I, I, I think, I think, a more gentler approach as a male writing this without and and without being 
overly graphic about what he's writing. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean, I loved Fifty Shades and and, and all the whole thing, but she, but Erica was very, very into the the graphics of where his hand was, where his tongue was, where his where everything right. was. You know? The mechanics. The mechanics of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where SR doesn't have to be that mechanical about it. He can be more flowery. Right, so, right. I and, think that's what makes uh, him different. I agree. And, and Kenzie says sometimes she feels like what we're reading is part of SR's own story. I've and I times. think many of us feel that way. And also, it's not uncommon for authors to write what they know, right? So there there may be a, a character here or an activity there or a something that happened to them or, oh, I was in Florence, so let me write about Florence, you know. Um, I definitely agree with you on that, Kenzie. And Betty says, I think men are more gentle with love scenes than women. And I think I'd like to read more men writing romance to gauge that, but I I can see where you're going with that, Betty. Yeah. And, and Karen likes the more fade to blank, or mm-hmm. as in North by Northwest, the train, yes. the steam train, <sighs> heading into the tunnel with the whistle blowing. Well, and and that you know sometimes that's the best, right? It, it will lead. Mm-hmm. You have you know where they're going, but it allows your imagination to take you there which is kind of lovely too true yeah yeah so kenzie's saying that he breaks barriers with people thinking that only women can write romance novels and i she used to think he was a woman and it's weird we think that not uncommon though not uncommon there are a lot, I shouldn't say a lot, but there are people who do feel like SR is a woman writing as a man. But in the past, as you remember, there were a lot of women who wrote under a male pseudonym. But that was because of society. Right. Was it George Sands was one of them? Mm-hmm. There are a few, quite a few. Yes. But, um, yeah, and, and Betty's even saying when she was reading fan fiction, the men usually wrote uh, more sensual, fade to black, as, a, as opposed to the women who were writing graphic and explicit. But I think now, do you man, feel... I think oh, if the man's writing this for men, mm-hmm. it would become more explicit. And I think, I think that's just gender-specific. So if a male's writing a, a book, a, a, a male book it's going to be a lot more wham bam thank you man mm-hmm. or girl and, on top get it over with quick type thing right whereas and a, a says, woman wouldn't write as explicitly right well and I think some men are probably more respectful of how they would be Maybe not respectful is not the correct word. I mean, but more uh, are are more Reserved. conscious. They're more conscious of how they would be perceived if they're writing something very explicit. True. Whereas women might have, feel a more freedom mm-hmm. and 
maybe feel more empowered that they could write something as explicit mm-hmm. because it's tr- traditionally been such a male dominated societal norm of having the sex being driven by the man. Right. Right. So I, I think that's an interesting thing to think about. And I like Karen's, um, Karen says not all of the male writers are that way. SR is a rare find. He gives, oh my gosh, he gives you more, but it's very respectful, mm-hmm. which Yes. I mean, and that's the way last week, one of his comments was he really writes these uh, love scenes with res- out of, with respect and love. Those are the basis of um, the sexual relationships of his characters. True. So, True. And, and Kenzie says she's glad the book community has changed and Betty agrees with Karen. So it's, it's, it's true. An you old know. family... An old family secret. My great grandmother, my on my father's side. I think it was my grandmother's mother. Anyway, mm-hmm. she used to write romance stories for women's magazines. I love it. And because back in those days, that was like the the only way they could get it through, and mm-hmm. they weren't as explicit as this. And I don't have any of her writings. I don't think my grandmother ever saved any of them. But, uh, yeah, and she, it used to make a quick five, ten bucks. <laughs> I love it. I think that's so cool. See? Another chapter for your book, Pam. You could follow in their footsteps. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you go that with respect, I could be um, an artist, mm-hmm. a uh, writer. Um, an undertaker. I love it. Hey, undertakers hey, make really good money. Woman. Yeah, they do. They do. It's, it's, it's a good. It's a good living, and it's an important part uh, of an important know, role in society. People are dying to get into it. But I'm bumped. Kenzie said that SR gives a light in this world. That's for sure. We Karen agrees, and Betty says the boss makes you appreciate the beauty of love scenes. Mm-hmm. Karen agrees with that. So do I. Yeah, I you, totally you know, when, agree with that. When you say that you think a lot of these characters are around him, mm-hmm. I know he has mentioned he is like Gabriel in many ways. Um, yes. Which I think we all inherently knew, right? Don't we right. all? Well, I think, we yeah. all think and that. you know, I, I could, I could, I could probably see him being um, an arrogant ass, for lack mercurial. of mercurial. Mercurial's better mm-hmm. um, when it comes to certain things. You know, one of one of the things that always cracked me up about Gabriel was his love of Mont Blanc pens, mm-hmm. Prada glasses, uh, cashmere sweaters, mm-hmm. Holt Renfrew, and aside from women's shoes, we know he <laughs> loves women's shoes, um, but there, I, I have always wondered if, if that could be somewhere in his real life. As mm-hmm. 
I know. I think a lot of us do. Kenzie says, whenever he says that, it makes me not want to talk to him because then I get shy. <laughs> Laugh out loud. <laughs> and Karen confirmed, yes, he said that from the beginning. Yeah. And Kenzie says, I cannot see SR that way at all or losing his patience just from his online appearance. But see, here's the thing that I think is is part of that character or, or where some of the character resonates with him. I feel like he has evolved as Gabriel has evolved, meaning I think there have been a, a lot more of that antagonistic arrogance earlier in his life. And I feel like he has a partner, a woman, a special person in his life that has kind of mellowed him a bit. Again, this is all my, yes, this is all my uh, conjuring, of course. Well, he could have been very much like that when he was at that age. I mean, yeah. if if you can believe what you find when you Google him, that he's 68 years old, according to the Google machine, you know, you could probably see himself writing like that as a younger man. Mm-hmm. You know? So I'm too old for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I think uh, you know <laughs> I'm just laughing at some of these comments um, Betty says that would explain why he loves the kind uh, angel blank <laughs> <laughs> the term angel blank um, Kenzie said, I have a dye for one of SR's Argyle sweaters. I bet he has many. Just putting that out there. Socks, too. <laughs> I have to say, I do have my Argyle socks on for this special podcast. <laughs> um, Karen says, absolutely. Betty said, fascinating. And Kenzie says, I agree, Leslie. Like the scene in Gabriel's Inferno where Gabriel gets irritated with the baby mm-hmm. and ruining his sweater, maternalistic things. Maybe that really happened. I don't know why that stuck out in my head. Oh, because I could totally see that happening. Yes. I've, I've seen it happen on airplanes. Yes. Maybe yes. not so much a baby peeing on you, mm-hmm. but kicking the seat, it being annoying. Exactly. You know, and if you're, if you're a frequent traveler, and he seems to have been or is in his travels around the world, Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I could, I could see that kind of happening where he might pick it out to put in a story. I think so. And Karen says, I still say he is or was a professor. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes. I honestly am convinced of that. Yeah, just I, because I, of all the college universities that he writes about. And, and... Just his didactic approach to things sometimes. And I mean, I don't know. The other thing is he had such a good innate feel for academia as he was writing about it. I mean, I, I, I worked in academia. I've worked, consulted for academia in some instances. And I have friends who are in academia and in administration, not just professors, but in the administration side. Mm-hmm. And I'm just telling you, just the feel, the, the way it was written, 
I mean, I know you don't have to be in it to write it that way. I, I get that. I, you, good writers can write about anything if they do the research. But man, I just, I feel that way. Um, Kenzie says, I wonder if SR knows his age is out there. I won't say anything, but I feel bad that someone took that privacy from him or even that got that information out. I bet SR has so many good travel stories. And I've also wondered if he is one to talk to people or mind his business on a plane. I have many curiosities. And Betty said, I've had so much baby vomit decorate my blouses in the past few months, but now I'm kind of used to it. But back in the day, I probably would freak out like Gabriel. Hey, listen, (laughs) this is a a true story. My son was one one month old. And my mother and my sister and I went with Patrick, went away for a weekend. And my sister was so excited because my sister never had children. So excited to, to take Patrick and feed him and take care of him and the whole bit. And so she fed him. She went to burp him. And when he burped, he puked. And not <laughs> down the front of her. Projectile. No, inside her nightgown. <laughs> so she oh, got gosh. in the shower yeah. with yeah. the nightgown. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, you know, she will n- never let my son live that down. <laughs> <sighs> I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Karen, um, Karen mentioned and noted, um, SR is a big people watcher too. And Kenzie says you can learn a lot by people watching. Yes, you can. One of my favorite pastimes, actually. Um, I love Atlantic City for that reason. You can just go and sit and watch people, and it is a spectacle. Yes. Um, Anywhere, really. I mean, a cafe in Paris, which I I hope to go to at some point. There was a, in Florence, in one of the piazzas that I was sitting in, just watching everybody around me and what they were doing and how they were treating each other and mothers with kids that were exasperated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just fun just watching everything that was going on around you. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, Karen says it's one of her favorite things to do too. And Betty says the boss spies like a fox. He is sly like a fox. Yes, he is. Which is, and speaking of SR, because we should be wrapping this up. Uh, SR has mentioned, and Pam referenced this, but when we were asking him our questions, as we often do, he says, Please let readers know an important announcement is forthcoming. I can't announce it yet, but it's coming soon, so stay tuned. And please pass along my holiday greetings to everyone. Um, He's hoping that everyone has a lovely holiday. So I am just so excited about the fact that we had time together tonight. I'm so glad you guys could join us um, for this epic chapter. 
now that we've all calmed down a little bit. <clears throat> I, yeah, I, I'm telling you what. <laughs> Just get a little, a little heated there. Just a tad. <laughs> so. Just wonderful. So we, but we'll be back next back week. Next yes. Week. Yes. Um, Holy cow! Uh, next 19th. week's the nineteenth. <laughs> Getting close to Christmas. more days to Christmas, if you can. Oh, my gosh. And I have done not a drop of shopping in. Same here, Pam. <laughs> my Christmas decorations are still in their boxes downstairs. Mm -hmm. I did get the lights up this weekend with the little one. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so I'm happy about that. But, yeah, so now it's the tree and getting the decorations up and out. And uh, I don't think we're doing anything big this year. I think it's uh, Isabella is not going to be back here until after Christmas. And speaking of which, I didn't even ask you. Did the baby arrive? Yes, the baby arrived a week ago tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Mom and Anthony Jr., came in came home sunday and oh uh, good how's big sister healthy. big sister is in heaven because she's oh, got good. a new toy yes and little sister is a little confused but likes to <laughs> rest her head next to the baby oh that's sweet that's sweet yeah i'm very glad that all yes, all so that they are all well that's good news anthony jr Anthony Jr. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. So, so it's gonna more be adventures. Fun. Mm -hmm. Loads of fun with the baby boy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. And it's good to see everybody. Karen, have a wonderful evening. She's bidding farewell to everybody, and we're about ready to, as well, be safe and. Stay warm, friends who are in the Northeast. I really wish I was in Australia right now. I wish I was in Australia right now because they're having a heat wave. Um, <laughs> send me there. But I look forward to hearing MJ. how everybody is. Poor MJ is having a cold spell. It was yes. 48 today. <laughs> yes. I saw. And I laughed. <laughs> I well, laughing. I knew. I, I have uh, I have some Florida I on my weather app. I, I do monitor the weather in Florida. And I saw the temperatures and I thought, oh, that's not good. <laughs> and Betty's saying, stay warm, everyone. Read plenty of sexy scenes to stay warm. <laughs> we will do that, Betty. Yes, definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> ladies, have a great night. We'll see you next week. And uh, we will keep as warm as possible. <laughs> yes. If you get cold, just reread this chapter. That's all you need to do. Exactly. So, we'll <laughs> give, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take us out with a fever by Peggy Lee. That'll keep you warm. Have a good night, everybody.
Everybody's got the fever. That is something you all know. Fever isn't such a new thing. Fever started long ago. Romeo loved Juliet. Juliet, she felt the same. When he put his arms around her, he said, Julie, baby, you're my flame. Now give us fever. When we kiss us, fever with thy flaming youth. Fever, I'm a fire. Fever, yea, I burn forsooth. 